Hello and welcome back to the OGV Community Catch-Up Podcast, the podcast where we try to learn more about some of the great companies in our OGV community to make the energy sector more accessible to anyone looking to get involved. I'm today's host, Andrew Tindall, and I'm delighted to be joined here today by Richard Drennan, who's founder and director of Viewport3. How are you doing today? Fine, thank you very much. So it was, uh, as always, great to hear. So um, tell me a little bit about Viewport3 and, uh, and what you do. Viewport 3 are specialists in high-end 3D scanning and reverse engineering, working predominantly in the oil and gas sector, but more recently expanding into the inshore and renewable sectors. Most commonly, we use photogrammetry as a data collection method due to its simplicity and pretty much unlimited accuracy of the system. And being digital image-based, very easy for ROVs, divers, drones and the like. If we could collect images of it, then we could scan it. Our breakthrough work was performed predominantly on repair clamps, and there's nowhere to hide with that type of work. The clamp that the manufacturers make based on your data must fit first time, and we've never had a failure in that respect. Swearing and hammering at a clamp for three days in the back of a DSP is no fun at all. But if it's scanned beforehand, you don't have to. Yeah, I can imagine that's definitely no fun. So um, that's fair to say a lot of your work is sort of based in the subsea sector then? Yeah, subsea, because it's um, because it's the most difficult and most challenging, which, you know, makes it the most fun in our opinion. Yeah. Um, so so how much you, would you say of your work is based around traditional oil and gas? Yeah, at the moment, I would say around 80% of it is traditional oil and gas, but um, we've made some really good roads, uh, as I mentioned, into inshore and the renewable sector. Uh, They're very hungry for proven technologies, so it's a really good fit for them. Yeah, that makes sense a lot. So so when 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 a customer comes to you, what would you say is your process when it comes to sort of fulfilling their needs? Well, that is essentially the crux of it. What is the need? Um, some 3D scanning requirements, for example, on a mooring line are incredibly high end. They have to be very tight. In some circumstances, we've worked for operators who are simply trying to visualize um, a certain scene so that they can prepare their divers for going into it. So the key is to use the high end kit when it's necessary, and but simplify when it's not necessary. It, so it really depends on the stated accuracy requirement from the customer they can ask for anything from half a millimeter um you know right up to something that's more visualization where technical accuracy isn't that important so for us that's the key um if it's uh, if it can be done simply keep it simple yeah, i think that's always that's always a good thing to do so you know you're based in aberdeen uh is it fair to say that a lot of your work comes in the north sea region or do you have more of a more of a wide scope Yeah, the North Sea region is obviously our stomping ground. We're very well known in the Aberdeen area, but because of the nature of the firms that we work with, uh, the multinational marine uh, contractor firms, the the word moves around internally and we get pulled to other parts of the world uh, by those types of companies. And we have worked in every ocean that there is to date. Um, I think that was a couple of years ago that we achieved that. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a really interesting little milestone to hit. Something you're probably quite proud of. Um, Very proud. Yeah. So you talked a little bit about some of your work into uh, onshore and, and renewables. Is there anything like you'd like to go into detail with that? The concerns for renewables are very similar to the concerns for the oil and gas operators in that kind of respect. They're dealing with 
um, scour issues, just like the oil and gas are, um, erosion, uh, bending, that kind of thing. So the problems tend to be very similar, um, although the location and the purpose is obviously very different. Yeah. Um, just moving on there. Um, you mentioned uh, sort of um, Aberdeen being your local stomping ground. How important would you say that North Sea region is to your company then? Yeah, it's, it's important in as much as it's the simplest place to work for us, you know, being able to um, access our customers easily and for them to access us easily. And in some cases for the more difficult jobs and um, perform that little bit of upfront onshore work to minimize uh, the chance of any dis- disruption offshore. All right, absolutely. Well, that's, that's always good. Simplicity is, is always a good thing. So you work in a, in a very competitive industry. What would you say separates separates you from the competition and companies in that same market space? In my opinion, it's our focus on technically valuable results and fulfilling the client brief. We produce inspection reports that explain very complicated data sets in a way that the whole project team can understand very easily. More common in this industry is sort of the commercialization of compromised and often bulky hardware but this can negate the use of divers and, and lightweight ROVs, so maybe not quite as flexible as a simple camera system. As an example, we've completed several tasks where the client didn't realize the need to 3D scan until he got offshore. So in one example, we talked to the customer, understood that he had some pretty good camera equipment already on board. So we issued them a procedure and coached them through it. We sent them results on Sunday night for a problem that they didn't advise us of until Friday. So very easy to get high-end results in that kind of circumstances without any port calls, shipping of equipment or people. You know, when you're out at the work site, the last thing you want to do is have to return that vessel to the harbour. Yeah, I think maybe um, we'll talk about a little bit later with the uh, sort of some in the pandemic section, the kind of importance of, uh, of remote working and that kind of thing. Um, so what would you say you're excited about right now, you know, working at Viewport 3? What projects do you have on the horizon? The development of our cameras um, has been coming along really nicely. And we're at a, a position now where we're looking to deploy that the, before the end of the year. The digital camera market for subseas is a little bit stunted. It was stunted by the sort of arrival of uh, HD video. Um, which is a bit of an outdated name nowadays. So that there are aspects of the cameras that are currently on the market that are very good, but there are some aspects that make them operationally challenging, not as efficient as we'd like them to be. So we're simply fixing that on our own and developing a range of cameras that will work not only on the bigger vehicles, but all the way down to a little suitcase ROV. So, uh, so what about Viewport, Viewport View? It looks like, like on the website that a lot of work has gone into that. Yeah, Viewport View was born of frustration, to be honest. We were um, looking at the market for a lightweight online viewer that was able to retain the full detail of a high-density point cloud, but didn't uh, demand that the user install software or have a high-end PC. Most viewer systems are intended for laser scanning data sets, and they're nowhere near as dense as a photogrammetry data set. So the solution within the software is simply to decimate the point clouds to the level that it can handle, which we obviously didn't like. Viewport View retains every point of data without the prohibitive price tag. And it's going down a storm with the customers. All you need is an internet connection. 
basic laptop and you're good to go. Yeah, that's, that, that sounds very exciting, actually. The ability to um to make that kind of accessible to anybody without them having to have specialized equipment is is definitely a, definitely a useful thing, I think. Yeah, it, it does make a huge difference. Um, predominantly, we were using it in-house um, for client meetings so that we could show them the 3D information in a live scenario. And that's where the first query started coming from. They were asking what the tool was and, uh, yeah, if they could get some access to it. Yeah, that sounds very exciting. So moving on then, uh, you know, you founded Vport3 a few years ago now. What challenges have you experienced since then and, and how have you overcome them? The challenges, industry acceptance um, was a big challenge in the early days. Um, but as, as I discussed earlier, a lot of our early work was in um, repair clamps. Now, there's nowhere to hide when you do a repair clamp because what they make based on your data will either fit first time or it will not. So once we had that type of work, it kind of made the industry sit up and take notice and say, OK, this is a valid technology that actually works. And uh, yeah, the, the whole industry has taken a bit of an uptick since. So it's a very well accepted methodology nowadays and is quite often specifically detailed in uh, scopes of work. Yeah, I think it's always a challenge to get people to um, to embrace embrace something new. So, so what uh, what plans do you have sort of for the future of Viewpoint Three? Then we have uh, a few more uh, developments that we're putting together. Um, we have photogrammetry kits that we are looking to make uh, available not only to the subsea operators but also in the topside setting because of the fact that. We've had quite a few calls where we're being asked not necessarily to scan something on the seabed, but to scan something uh, on the boat, for example. Um, it's not that rare that people can access a decent digital camera, but we can make the whole thing a lot more efficient by just getting a small kit together uh, for emergency situations, if you like, that allows you to do that high-end scanning, again, without shipping out any equipment and without getting any people or protocol. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that sounds really really promising. And I'm gonna just I'm gonna move on to the pandemic sort of section here, but I think we can I think we can talk about uh, remote working as a big part of that. Um, how have you how have you found the sort of the last eighteen months with regards to remote working? Is that something that you've embraced as a company and that's changed the way you do things? Yeah, just before the lockdown, we were already um, looking at a process which allows us um, to not necessarily be in attendance offshore. The, we, we kind of realized that for some of the more simple schools, or really any school that wasn't sort of pushing the boundaries, it was actually possible just to, to use the ROV team. So that helps with bed space, um, it helps them with their quarantine issues, uh, it helps them with the, the travel. The travel is a lot easier. So all the jobs that were planned when, when COVID-19 struck were put into action um, simply with us helping the guys from the office. So that was a process that we planned to roll out in 2020. So we accelerated that um, and made it available in April 2020. And we haven't missed a job since everything we've done to date um, since the pandemic has been removed. Yeah, that, that you sort of touched on it there, but would you say that it's um that uh that the pandemic's almost almost forced that technology to be embraced quicker than it than it would have otherwise been? Yeah, it, it's forced the process, absolutely, because um, our message was basically this can still go ahead. Uh, we just need to access the ROV team so that we can talk them through the process uh, and coach them through their, their image capture. 
And is that the way that you're going to just continue to do all work going forwards? It's entirely up to the customer. Uh, we always leave it open to them. If they'd rather have us on the vessel, we're more than happy to attend, send a couple of guys out. If not, then it can be done remotely. So that increases our capacity as a business, allows us to help more customers um, by not tying those people up. But there are some circumstances, particularly if what the client has asked for is going to push the boundaries um, of the capture methods, then we might suggest that it would be more efficient for us to be there. Well, yeah, it's, it's definitely good to have the option, but also, you know, the technology is, is certainly um, a beneficial thing these days. Has it, um, has it changed the way that you interact with clients doing things online? Yeah, absolutely. That was one of the reasons that we accelerated uh, use of the viewer, because we were able, if we were meeting people in person, we could take a, a heavy-duty laptop, if you like, that could handle um, 3D data and display it nice and easily. So the viewer allowed us to take that capability and put it into a Teams meeting. So the ability to manipulate and, and measure even live uh, 3D data in a live meeting has been really well received. And a 3D shape can, can replace um, a lot of pages in a report by helping people understand the challenges that, the, that they need to deal with. Yeah. So um, just in terms of the actual, just the general pandemic, how would you say Viewport 3 have dealt with the challenges put forward by that over the last sort of 18 months? By keeping in touch, um, that's the key. There was obviously a period where working in the office wasn't really an option. So we were all sort of making little emergency bases at home like everyone else was. And keeping in touch with each other was crucial to that. It's easy to forget the little conversations that you have during the day that don't seem particularly important, but you are always keeping each other up to date. Uh, and I think that we very quickly realised that a 10-minute chat every hour or every couple of hours makes sure everyone's aligned um, and you still understand what your colleagues are doing. Definitely, communication is always is always key, whether it's whether it's online or not. So um, I just like to move on sort of to the environment now. Obviously, the government has set out some pretty ambitious targets, and everybody's got to work together. Those, and that's you know a key issue on the agenda these days. What are you doing at Viewport Three to reduce your environmental impact? The not travelling offshore is is obviously helping. There's uh, there's no doubt about that. As a company, we've always been quite focused on any impact. Um, that we have on the environment and try and reduce it as much as possible. So for us, that tends to be trying not to use disposable uh, materials. Uh, if possible, we will upgrade a material to make sure that it's, it has a longer life, um, sometimes a little bit more expensive for us, but you know the value comes from, from using that better and more, more renewable material, if you like. Yeah, and um, and you touched on it earlier, but uh, but could you tell me about your sort of involvement more with uh, renewables and things? Yeah, the renewable sector came to our attention at um, some of the events for for Subsea UK. We had um, a small stand at one of them, and a lot of the renewables um, people they knew they had a need for three D scanning. They weren't quite able to find a service that suited them, so they were very pleased to see that the challenges that they're having in renewables are pretty much exactly the same challenges that they have in oil and gas, i.e. things are rarely where you left them and they're never in the same condition as when you last saw them. So keeping on top of that is really important in terms of avoiding failures. Uh, maintenance is a lot better than repair. It's, it's very smart of them to have realised that up front. In my opinion. 
they'd say a lot of the technology is sort of quite transferable over from oil and gas into renewables. Absolutely. And a lot of what they do makes it in, in some ways more simple because the vessels are not going out for weeks at a time. A lot of the wind farm stuff, because it's a lot nearer to the shore, is done on day vessels. So it, um, in that respect, it does make things a little bit easier. Um, what can be more challenging is the capabilities of the, the, of the ROVs that some of these companies are using. Um, they're maybe not quite as capable as the oil and gas ROVs. But um, where there's a will, there's a way. There's always a solution of uh, getting those two bits to integrate. Well, yeah, I'd imagine. I'd imagine overcoming challenges is what makes sort of working the sector so um so interesting. Yeah, and if, if it wasn't interesting, we wouldn't do it. Yeah, the, the blank page projects are our favourite. And the customer comes in and says, you know, we don't know how to solve this. This is our need, and gives us time to sort of chew our pencil, think about a solution, and propose it to them. Uh, so finally, I'd like to sort of end the podcast on getting a bit of advice from guests on making a career in the energy industry. So it's obviously a very wide sector, but I think a lot of young people, they don't quite understand it as well as, as well as they could do. So what advice would you give to graduates and young people or even entrepreneurs trying to make a career for themselves? In a technical sense, I would suggest that they specialize. Uh, specialist technical roles are a lot more reliable and a lot more well-founded than, than some of the more general roles. Uh, out with the technical side, uh, people skills are, are too often forgotten about. Um, you'll very quickly identify people in the business that you've joined who are really able to get the best out of people and uh, keep their cool in a lot of heated situations. And that it would be my suggestion. Keep an eye on that. Make sure your people skills are up to scratch uh, and don't get into arguments. If you get into an argument, you've both lost. Yeah. Now that's a really good perspective. I've heard um I've heard a lot of different pieces of advice. I've actually not heard that before, and it and it makes it makes complete sense. I mean, there's a a lot of opportunity to be had just by by talking to people and and you know treating people the way you'd want to be treated. Absolutely. So um, what do you look for when you're trying to bring people on board at Viewport? The attitude, to be quite honest with you, um, it's all about attitude. If if, it's, if you're able to find people that will go the extra mile. Um, happy to challenge up the way, happy to challenge their bosses, um, happy to get involved in the sort of creative discussions. Uh, that, to me, is the most important thing over the qualifications and experience is the ability of someone to fit in with the team and, uh, and to behave like a, like a team member as soon as possible. So sort of working as a team, but also not being afraid to put their ideas forward and, and challenging those above them. Absolutely, absolutely. There is no point in hiring clever people and uh, and, and muting them. You, you need to listen to the people that you took on board because that's why you took them on board in the first place. Absolutely. And, um, and what about sort of specific technical skills? Do you look for anything anything there? Uh, no. A lot of the skills that we want often come from hobbies. Um, we like to see people who have a firm understanding of high-end digital photography because that's what our system is, is based on. And that's not quite as common as you would imagine. So when somebody tells us that they're a keen amateur photographer, that, that's brilliant for us, because we're not going to have to sort of teach them about photography at the very start. One of our contractors is based in Italy, and he's a, a diver by hobby and an underwater photographer by hobby. So, and that is why we, we, we got involved with him, because the skills he had available were, were perfect for us. I suppose it makes sense that people who 
they aren't just doing it as a career move. They want they really have a genuine passionate interest in in, uh, in underwater yes. photography. Yeah, yeah, that makes that we're makes taking more and more pictures nowadays than, than we ever were, but not a lot of people could tell you what an f-stop or an aperture is. So um, yeah, once you're looking to get high-end digital photographs, especially subsea, you really do not need to know what they do. Yeah, that makes total sense, and it's it's definitely a, a very interesting perspective. Thanks for that. So um, I think that's that's about all the time we have to cover. Um, but uh, thanks for talking to me. But the, before we end, is there anything else you wanted to mention? No, no, not at all. Thank you very much for taking the time. I appreciate the opportunity. No problem at all. So uh, so where can people find Viewport 3 online and on social media? Viewport3.com um, is where you'll find a description of our business and quite a lot of case studies on there and on LinkedIn. We try not to have um, too many social channels and I believe that LinkedIn on balance is, is the right platform for Okay. Well, as usual, uh, you know, all those relevant links can be found in the podcast description. And can I just say the I thought the um the website is very, very nice. It's a very well made website, I think. So uh yeah, definitely worth uh, worth checking that out. We are very proud of our um of our design. We have some very clever people looking after the brand and um which is yeah, we're we're super pleased with everything they do for us. Yeah, it certainly stuck out the minute I saw it. Uh perfect. Well, uh yeah. Thanks for listening. And, uh, you know, as always, you can find us at ogb.energy for all the latest news, events and podcasts. We'll be back next time with another member of our fantastic OGB community. And until then, uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.